Okay. If you're not in there, you got to switch that mic. How's that? Wait a second. Oh, yeah. Testing. I was going to start early. Recording? Yeah. You are. Yeah. My mic positioned where it needs to be. Howdy, everybody. I'm Robert. And I'm Ira. This is Anti-Wave. Yes, it is. A podcast all about the other domino besides Kira Knightley's, you know, the other side uh, of the domino. Yeah. The other side. You're talking the about other the, side of the, you know, because dominoes have one uh, side. And this one is the side, other side. The other side. <sighs> so, no good. No, it's okay. I thought uh-huh. you were referencing the other two films. I was. Domino- I was That's where you're going. I was doing a well, double fin- take. No, finish that thought. Because this week we're going to talk about Domino. Which one, though? Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Kira Knightley. Not the Kira no, Knightley. I wish. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see that movie. Yeah. yeah. And uh, our top five this week is uh, what? Yeah, you don't think I'm ready for you, but I, don't. I am. Uh, voyeuristic. Why don't you say that into the mic, but Oh, sorry. <laughs> movies about. Not about. Voyeurism movies. Yeah. Voyeurism. Voyeurism movies. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say you could have a good scene or two in there that would make it voyeuristic, don't you think? I suppose we can get by with a scene or two. Yes. Kind of like with our restaurant movies mm-hmm. where we're just looking for one tiny scene. Mm-hmm. Of course, the way you set that up last week, if the characters just happen to drive by a Denny's, mm-hmm. oh, look, it's a Denny's. There it's a restaurant go. movie. I'm glad you understand. Oh, my, yeah. The method to my Jeez, madness. I need a new partner. Yeah. How are you? If somebody's eating food, then it counts. No, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Hey, uh, some, Hi, last week, we did have some restaurant movies and we had some people that wait, wrote wait, in wait, about wait, wait, wait. What? How are you? I want to talk about restaurant movies that, that people wrote in about. Okay, we'll do that. I yeah. want to ask how you're doing. We haven't. And tried. we'll talk about that. In oh, a who cares? Um, what about Mystic Pizza? No reservations. Those are pretty good. Yeah, uh, we, got we didn't mention that. It's feedback. What about a? Was that two guys, a girl, in a pizza place? Was that the TV show or was that? Was that a TV show? Uh, producer Joey. Thanks, producer Joey. And she's back. We missed her last week. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What do you got? I have uh, this person wrote in the Slam and Salmon. Oh, Slam and Salmon, you, uh, yeah. My, and that Helen Mirren, mm-hmm. you know, she was quite a hottie back in the day. <laughs> there are pictures of her uh, that you you know this, don't you? It is the idea of watching a movie without females in it torture to you? Why bother? <laughs> exactly. No, like no. Helen Mirren was she was she was a hottie, and so she she liked that. She had that energy about her. What's She's the movie sexual. where they're riding through the desert in World War Two, World War One, uh, Lawrence of Arabia, where it, there's no had, women in that movie at all? I would boy. I boycotted that film. <laughs> you boycotted. I boycotted. You that put the film. boy in boycott. Wait, what, yeah, yeah. No boys. Boycott. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this reader. Uh, the, are you familiar with the cook, the thief, and um, the wife? That, yeah. The, well, that's the one with Helen. That's the one with Her- Helen. Um, and other. Oh, you know what else? Somebody called me up last night and said, uh, "Jules and Julia." Yeah. 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 And that was all about you know Julia Childs and, right. and cooking with a great um, with Meryl Streep was in that. Yeah. So that was another one we didn't mention. There you go. Yeah. All right. Interesting. There's some restaurant movies that we didn't cover last week. Restaurant movies. How's your week, Good. bud? Fine. Good. Why you swing you? that mic a little bit? What is that closer to you, bud? I'm just I'm not satisfied. But how's that? that Whoa. Thing. Wow. Should we start all over? No. Yeah, are you sure? Maybe we should start all over I'm, now. I'm, I just now got can wet. What? <laughs> I just got wet, it, but it was in my butt, so I'm butt wet. Oh, well, okay. I might have pooped my pants, I but, I, but I think it's ready for yeah. you. Maybe you should part your mic far away from you. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah, put, it, I'll think, put it in my butt. There you go. Oh, gosh. I'm so far. Producer Joey, I apologize to you. I just want to say something. I, I have not seen your wife nor your daughter for 14 days. As That's you know, by she design. Was a, and... <laughs> Someone's growing up. Someone's getting big. I, uh, how uh, no, dare no, you no, call my wife child, big. your daughter? And um, yeah, you got you got a little person here. 
How dare you call my wife little? <laughs> yeah, she's uh Madeline's getting big, man. She, she is. She's tall. She's standing up pretty regularly and she recognizes you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. She's <sighs> been doing uh a little bit of algebra, uh just mild algebra. Equations? Yeah, well, I mean just basics, you know. Um wow. yeah. 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 She's not like, yeah, you know, she's just a dabbled a little bit in trigonometry. Nothing more advanced than calculus or anything like that, but yeah. just, just a little bit. Can she explain existentialism to me? Things like that, concepts and philosophies? Could she explain existentialism? Yes. To you, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you know, she's growing up pretty fast. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Me? Nothing. Nah, nothing. what's going on with you? No, really, what else going on with me? Uh, nothing. What'd no. you have for lunch today? What did I have? Let's see. I went to my favorite place, four and 20. I'm there a lot. Uh-huh. And I had a tuna fish sandwich on wheat toast and fruit. Now, wait a minute. What? A few years ago, you had mercury poisoning. I know. That's when I went to because, Twins. Yeah, another restaurant. Because you've been had, eating so many tuna fish it's sandwiches. It's true. I had a tuna fish sandwich every day for seven years. And every you got day, mercury and poisoning. And I was feeling ill. And then someone I was seeing at that time said, what do you eat? And when I said a tuna fish sandwich every day for seven years, I went to the doctor. They dad do a special. He said, you got mercury poisoning. And yeah. yet here you are. Yeah. Eating well, tuna fish sandwiches. Well, no, I can do it. It's all a question of moderation. That's it, the whole key to life. Now, let's be honest. Moderation. What did you eat for, for yesterday? For oh, lunch? I wouldn't do it. No, seriously. The, uh, the tuna fish sandwich twice a week. No more frequently than that. Mm-hmm. I'm a sensible guy. Do you really I like smart tuna? choices? I do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I do. Yeah. So... I, I I pulled back on my tuna and I don't have any mercury poisoning. Well, it not went much. away. The doctor was quite appalled. Are you? Do you just drink thermometer fluid? You just kind of crack well, it I open do glow. and chug it. Does mercury? <laughs> I glow in the night. That's, that's just because you're sweating because oh, you just came. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Glow. <laughs> I glow. Hey man, what'd you Good. see this week? Are you saying it's time for? Summer old, summer you new. Get to get we know the week in review. Who's going to go first? Okay. I know you've never done this show before. Who's going to go first? Um, I'm going to go first. You are? Go I for am. it. Um, I'm going to... Now, i got to tell you, i got to skip one of the movies that I saw this week because it's on my top five. That's very nice of you. Yeah. That's very considerate of you. Thanks, bud. But so, I did see a movie. So you saw a movie with at least one voyeuristic scene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I would say it was outright voyeuristic. Was it Hitchcock or De Palma? <clears throat> it was not. It was neither. Hmm. And it's not Domino. Wow. Here's a hint. Domino's not in my top five. Well, okay. Yeah. Uh, but Go I did see it. some other movies. And, you know, I saw, uh, I saw one movie that actually was surprisingly voyeuristic, uh, but it's not in my top five. Uh, I went back... To the early 90s and watched dark man have you ever seen dark man before yes did you see this yeah i saw it i saw it in the theater <laughs> why was that was there voyeuristic scene it's movie? actually more voyeuristic than i would have thought because i've been thinking about voyeurism all this week and so the premise of of dark man if you recall liam neeson uh and this is 1990 this is uh uh right around the same time as batman coming out the first batman with michael keaton and liam neeson plays a scientist who creates um all the, this like a skin uh realistic skin you could you could take pictures and put it into this computer program that will print out somebody's face or hands or whatever but he can't get this uh and it's like all natural skin so it's like really living but after 99 minutes it falls apart and, and it, it's not stable 
So he then winds up in a big uh, fire and gangsters have like destroyed his lab and everything. So he uh, tries to pick the whole gang apart and he kind of becomes this um, Batman-like superhero in the process of trying to take down these crime guys who've... Uh, Who's the female? Was that Jennifer Garner? No, it was, uh, it was Je- Francis McDormand. Mm, okay. But in order for him to get all of the skin, he's got to sur- like surveillance them and he's got to uh, sneak around with cameras and take pictures of the the crime guys, the mob guys. They've got to take pictures of their faces and their hands and everything else so that he can build his... Uh, his outfit, his costume, and it's really voyeuristic. He's always watching them and taking pictures of them so that he can got it. Uh, so that he can build his outfit, and it's it's really that movie is a great example of the meeting point. It's the pinnacle of the cheesy '80s movies, the self-referential stuff that started to come later on, um, and, and it's still stuff looked good enough. Like some of the you can start to see some of the bad '90s. Uh, CG, but they didn't overdo it. There was still some practical effects. It right. was like this high point in my mind of kind of bad action flicks. Right, but, right. But also self-referential. It knew what it was doing. It knew it was kind of being over the top and right. kind of uh, winky and fun. But let me ask you, with this specific example of voyeurism, must voyeurism be sexual? No, I don't think so. Well, I looked it up. Oh. And it does need to be... It, now, you might want to redo your top five. Oh. It does need to be titillating. It needs to be behavior that's a little bit edgy. Are you having trouble with that as part of the definition? That certainly is the connotation mm. of the word, Robert. That's the connotation when we heard the word voyeurism. But as far as the denotation, the dictionary definition, it does imply that it needs to be more than just spying, but there has to be some kind of um, a rush that's that's titillating. Can you appreciate that? You're giving I can me a look appreciate like, yeah. it, but I don't know if I agree with that. Mm. Yeah. I would say voyeurism is watching... When the other person doesn't know they're being watched. Well, that's spying, buddy. That's just plain spying on someone. Voyeurism does... This is an interesting talk we're having. You might want to redo your top five. Uh, just real quick. Do it now. Yeah. <laughs> I do have some uh, extra scoops there I can throw in. Okay, well, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I thought... Yeah, do you think we're going to overlap on this? No, but I think I know some of yours. I know you do, and I went for the obvious, and I tried real hard. We'll get to well, this let me ask on, you. But I tried really hard to come up with something so out of the box... Let me ask something you a question. Animated, something with animals, something different. Can I? I here's what? one that is not on my list. And if your list is your way, the way that you just described, and it is, then it should. Then this movie should not be on your list. But it would have otherwise been on your list. And that movie is the Truman Show. Well, that first of all, that's that's real good. Okay. According to my definition, it shouldn't be on the list. Oh. With my definition, can you it appreciate not be? how I would say that it should be? Absolutely. Because they're watching him the entire time, but it's—I I don't think there's anything sexual there. Yeah, no, no, there isn't. Yeah, I would say it's definitely voyeuristic. Um, here's what I have: um, spying on people engaged in intimate behavior. Intimate. Mm, okay. Intimate. All right. Anyway. All right. Yeah, we'll get. We'll to talk that. about. It. Good. All right. And was there anything else you saw this? Uh, yes. Oh, do but tell. I'll talk about it later. That's right, because it's on your top well, five. There is a top five, and there's another movie that I saw, but I want to talk about that when we talk about Domino. So go ahead. Oh, okay. You know, first of all, I, I want to share two specific things. I did a little before we get to my top five. Mm-hmm. Before we get to my weekend review, um, you brought this up, and what happened to that kid who was in Alice doesn't live here anymore? The boy, yeah, the kid. And I did a little bit. He was in the pilot of Alice, the sitcom. Oh, was he? Yes, and it didn't work. 
So I think his, his cuteness was uh, ephemeral. I like that word. Uh. Short-lived, you know? Like we've wondered about people like, you know, Mary Batham, who was scouting to kill a mockingbird. You know, what happened to these people? Did they cute that, keep that cuteness element? And it didn't work. So they had a... He did, was in actually the first couple of episodes as the kid, but they replaced him. Isn't that interesting? Wow. Yeah. You know, I don't think I ever saw that uh, that TV show. I think it was too young when it was on, and then... But you knew about the I, grits I, reference. Oh, yeah, of course. that as your... Li- yeah, right. yeah. I mean, I, I got the, the references, and I, I know I knew who Vic Tabak was. You yeah. know, I got... Yeah. Like, I, he was just a... That, yeah. That character, that right. guy. Vic Tabak, when I say last week, he's always Vic Tabak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got it. I understood. Right. But I never saw it. But I thought you'd be interested in that. Also, one more thing. I yeah. want to mention this, that uh, Elizabeth Holmes, you know, the the what was it, the inventor, right? And you probably Theranos. know this. They're doing a feature film. Oh, are they? Yes. Starring and her? Starring, <laughs> starring, this is great casting. You're going to like this. Jennifer Lawrence. I can see it. I can see it. I that. can see it. Yep. Feature film. And you know who's directing it? Hold on, I'm trying to imagine Jennifer. Uh, oh, she'd Lawrence, be really. She can do like doing eyes. that wide-eyed she can voice. Do, yeah, she can do it. She, I think that's brilliant casting. Yeah, uh, and also, you know, it's going to be. I, I could also imagine. I can imagine Uma Thurman pulling it up, but she's maybe a little too old. Yeah, a younger Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman, twelve years ago. Yeah. yeah, eight years ago. Yeah, um, uh, Adam McKay. Oh, really? Adam McKay is directing. So from the How big short, and, yep, uh, the big short, and um, uh, what was Vice. The movie? Yeah, Vice. So how about that? All right. That should be really good. So I wanted to mention that too as well. Okay. Well, good. that will be really good then. <laughs> I can see her pull this off. I thought that was brilliant casting. All right. Wait, you want to see Jennifer Lawrence pull something off? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like her. I have a crush on her. <laughs> of course you do. I do. I do. She has two legs and a pulse. So <laughs> I think you, you got a crush on her. Yeah. All right. Um, I saw the following three things I want to mention briefly. One is not a feature film per se, but it's a mini series. I've been watching Fosse and, and Verdon. And it's really good. They had the final uh, episode. Oh, I, should, I, should, I don't like watching them when... I, I guess I just like watching them all in one sitting. Mm-hmm. So I'll go back and I'll try to watch that. Soon. It's really worth your time. And with Bob Fosse again and Gwen Verdon. And we've spoken about Sam Rockwell. He becomes the character mm-hmm. in everything. Yeah. In everything. He becomes it. I don't see how he He's one of the greatest actors. In a, he truly... And I he, think now he's finally being appreciated. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes and he was back not appreciated for a long time. That's and Bobby, That's you true. need to watch... Box of Moonlight. It's. I really think it's his greatest work. You He's have it? so good. I don't own it. Okay, All but right. we, you need to check that out. Okay, you'll really like it. Yeah, it's yeah. John Turturro, Catherine Keener. It, it's it's a a group of, and then it's back in the '90s. It's just a small, intimate little glimpse of. Um, it's just a really cool character study. It's a good movie. Well, he certainly is being appreciated now. You can yeah. feel that, that the masses are embracing him like never before. And Michelle Williams, and again, I mentioned this before, I never really had a handle on her, who she is and what she's done. I agree. But, yet, but now, man, it's She's really coming into her own as well. Yes, both of them are. Once again, I saw it before I had in the background when I was doing other things, World War Z. And I'm sorry, again, hold on, pause what, one what, second. What, what, Let's what. go back. Yeah. Michelle Williams. Yeah. So she was obviously from Dawson's Creek, right? Right, right. And... You know, at the time, I remember when Dawson's Creek first came first came out. Hey, uh, Joey. producer Joey, we're, we're recording a podcast over yeah, here. I don't know if you yeah, noticed that or yeah. not. It was it was the baby that did it. Do you want to turn that baby monitor off too? All right, I'm. I'm is she flipping me off or what? Yeah. Okay. And she does that to you a lot. <laughs> anyway, after Dawson's Creek comes out, you'd think that that James Vanderbeek would be the big breakout star, and he was getting a couple roles at the time, but no more 
because James Vanderbeek can't act. Um, or he's so stiff and wooden, right? In, in a lot of his stuff. And I, I feel bad. I'm not attacking the guy personally, but he, what, what's he done? Have you heard of no. James Vanderbeek being in anything in the no. past no. 10 years? No. no. And Michelle Williams, you know, also. I think everybody from that TV show that's has kind of thought, like, everybody else has kind of died down. Except for and Michelle. And Michelle Williams yeah. is really the only yeah, one that's kind of looked on. And she's being embraced now. You can yeah. feel that. You jo- can feel that. Joshua Jackson hasn't done very much. Katie Holmes hasn't done very much. I guess Katie Holmes, I mean, okay, well, well, she was she's, married she's to Tom not, Cruise and then oh, right. her star kind of fizzled. Yeah, yeah. Because remember, she was well, in she the... She wouldn't the, become a Scientologist. Hmm? Yeah. Well, yeah. she was in the first... Uh, Batman, Batman movie, and then that. they were kind of like, no, she was not good. Oh, come on. She so, served her purpose well. She did what she was supposed to do in that film. I disagree. No? No? no. Well, she I, was pretty to look at. I'll, yeah. Well, then, if that's her purpose, yes. <laughs> she served her purpose. So. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I, I guess they see, had their day. Yeah, they did. And he jumped up and down the couch. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Um, but, yeah, so uh, Michelle Williams. World War Z had on the background while I was doing other things. Again, Brad Pitt, another zombie thing. Another movie that did what it was supposed to do, 2013. And I think I mentioned this once before, that not the screenplay, but the novel upon which it was based was written by Max Brooks, uh, Mel's son. Hmm. How about that? Jurassic World. I never saw that either. Did you ever see that? I, Jurassic yeah, I saw World. Jurassic that was World. One, and that was on 2015. Chris Pratt was yeah. in that. Did you see our buddy uh, Eric Edelstein in it? He was? Oh, yeah. Did you notice? I was doing other things. Uh, he, yeah. he plays the guard who lets the dinosaur out at the very beginning. And they're running out to the, uh, to the cars. They're hiding underneath the cars. And then the T-Rex comes and it rips the car up. And he's still hiding there do you recall that scene i do now eric edelstein who's in 30 love which is available on 30lovefilm.com yeah yeah do you know if you go there you can get over three hours over three hours of hearing us if you buy our dvd yeah and and yeah is there a a discount i think there is there's a discount how do they get that discount if they type in the word anti-wave yes in the checkout then they'll get a little discount choice of dvd or blu-ray yeah boy was that smooth or organic or what no, I shouldn't have well, said that just now. Until I you called attention it to itself and I defeated the whole purpose. All right, so I saw that again. And the last, so Jurassic World and um, Bryce Dallas Howard. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she, she, she's lucky she's come from royalty. <laughs> Ron Howard, the father. You know, Ron Howard was in my class. You know that at John Burroughs High School. I was uh-huh. teaching. He was in my mass media class. So there I was teaching you- about TV and film. And there was Opie. And the kids would tease him in high school and call him Opie. It was before Happy Days. It was before Happy Days after the Andy Griffith show. So they'd all go, Opie, Opie. What'd you make him do to get an A? Uh, extra credit. Yeah, I could suck my cock. But other than that, he's... Yeah, so typical. <laughs> typical stuff. Just I know the father, Rance, who's, who's of course, um, uh, Bryce's uh, grandfather, oh. Rance Howard. Yeah, he's got done a lot of character work as well. Do you know Clint? As oh, well? yeah, Clint was in my class. Clint and I used to hang out together. Clint uh-huh. used to come over to my place and we'd smoke weed. You and Clint yeah. smoked yeah. weed? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty trippy, huh? Yeah. The weed or you and Clint? Well, all the above. Anyway, that's my Week in Review. All right. Hey, buddy, you want to talk about Domino? Shall we? And Robert, talk us through it. All right. Domino is a... Uh, man, how do we describe this movie? I want, I've want. i been looking forward to your two-sentence synopsis if you can i don't know if you're going to go for story or plot but in very brief brisk sentences i i'm throwing this to you my friend okay i'm gonna have to rely on on the notes that you've pulled up because this this the story here is it's 
takes so many twists and turns uh, that I, I feel difficult trying to describe it. So basically, you've got a character named Christian and his partner. Uh, his he's a cop, and his partner Lars was killed while they were they were on some sort of uh, police mission, and he winds up chasing the guy who killed him, who happens to be an ISIS member, and then they get the CIA involved because they're also chasing this ISIS member right. to find the terrorist cell because they think this terrorist cell is going to do a terrorist act. So it's kind of the meeting of this da- is a Danish Copenhagen. Yeah. yeah. So uh, right. Denmark. Yeah. 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 Danish yeah. Uh, police meets American CIA uh, trying to bust open this terrorist organization okay. by following this potential ISIS member. Well done. Robert, I've been waiting quite a while for this moment. This movie's a mess. Thank you. I had a f- I was afraid for a moment there that you were going to like, like it. Like it? No, this movie's a mess. All right. All right. You you started. I'm going to uh, jump okay. in. Okay. I, I, so first oh. of all, I, I told you before, I saw another movie, not in my top five, but a movie that I do want to bring up. I actually watched the Netflix documentary. Uh, I, it's, I say Netflix. I don't think it was made for Netflix, but it's on Netflix mm-hmm. called De Palma. And... It's a, first of all, it's a very interesting documentary because the only person that's talking is De Palma the entire time. It's usually when you watch these documentaries, it's all these other people. You know, they'd sit down with Al Pacino and De Niro. And, you know, I didn't realize this. He was the one that basically found De Niro. He started putting De Niro in his first movies. And he's the one that recommended De Niro to Martin Scorsese for Mean Streets. So... De De Palma and De Niro go back further than even uh, Scorsese and De Niro, who we associate those two together. Um, But De Palma, uh, it's basically just him sitting there talking the entire time and reliving every movie. And they just start out with like his earlier films and he just kind of says, yeah, so here's what was going on. And it is captivating. He pulls no punches. He talks a lot of shit about some people and... Uh, he talks shit about De Niro, and he's like, "Yeah, De Niro. When we were making Untouchables, he wouldn't memorize his lines, and he was like all obsessed with like getting into his character. And we had to like, I had, had was like pulling teeth to have to work on producer Joey. Who else did he talk about? He was talking shit about somebody else that was talking about like, uh, he was talking about how hard it was to work with somebody. He was like, oh man, he was a piece of work. It, it was really kind of interesting to hear someone as prominent as Brian De Palma talk so openly about." Uh, how talking shit about people. other people because yeah. usually their publicists would say don't do that right right don't right. and do they'd that. say oh well you know working with mr with al was yeah. great yeah. And, and that's all they don't they or they might say there were some issues but right. we worked through them right. there were creative differences right. right that's how they couch it and he didn't uh he had some good stories him. about bernard herman in there and he, i guess he was uh he got bernard herman to work on taxi driver and you know he did the music a taxi driver and then he said I, he took him back to the hotel and herman died in the hotel that night he was like i was there when he died uh he had just finished the music for taxi driver wow it's a really captivating what's it called it's, it's called, called de palma de palma and so i'm bringing this Netflix. up because in it he says a bunch of things i mean firstly he talks about all of his films and it just walks you through all of them what he was aiming for the successes the failures how um a lot of them uh, were kind of regarded as successes like Scarface. And he said, when that came out, it was just okay. But most people kind of forgot about it. It wasn't until the hip-hop culture really got a hold of it that mm-hmm. became so popular. 
but he says a few things in there that are really uh, applicable to this movie, Domino. And one of them in particular is he talks about the um, the inspiration. And the movie even opens with scenes from Vertigo. He talks about the inspiration that he pulled from Hitchcock. And if you study De Palma, you'll know it's very difficult to talk about De Palma without bringing up Hitchcock. Uh, the two are linked. And De Palma puts it in his own words. He says, uh, you know, everybody talks about what a great genius Hitchcock was. But hardly anybody uses his style of filmmaking anymore. And people just kind of say, oh, yeah, he was a great genius. And then they move on. He's like, as far as I know, I'm the only one that really uses his methodology. But he could be criticized for that, too. He's mimicking I think genius he, filmmaker. I, I think so. I think it's kind of, it's it's not finding his own voice. Right. It's finding Hitchcock's voice. Right. And I see both sides. I, I think, do too. I do too. I think that, I think De Palma's got his own voice, but part of that is picking up where Hitchcock left off. The problem is that, and, and he also says something else that's really interesting. He said, you know, I'm. He realizes that he's kind of past his prime, and he says uh, he really believes that filmmakers are when they're best in their 30s, 40s, and 50s. And he said, you know, you look at Hitchcock and you say what you want about like some of the films that are a little bit earlier, a little bit later, but we only talk about the movies that he made when he was in his thirties, forties and fifties. Then why did he make this movie? He's 80, isn't he 80? Yeah. He and said, that's been he a said, criticism. I'll keep making movies. People are saying maybe he should retire. Maybe he should be in, in Florida playing shuffleboard. Yeah. With me. But I think he likes making films. Yeah. Well, maybe this is his swan song. Maybe it's just time to stop. The, well, there, that's, not much of a swan song. No, that's more the wrong of a word. pigeon song. Swan song implies you go out with a, with a Bang, flourish. Yeah. With a flourish. Right. No, this is a petering out. This is, this was a mess. Well, and I could tell from apparently like, so, okay. What was, there was one movie that he did. I'll have to pull it back up. Maybe producer Joey can find it. But one of the films that he did um, later on, he, in the studio system, he was like, I, I'm done with this. I, I quit. And I, this is too restrictive for me. And this is not what I want anymore. And basically I've got the street cred and he goes over to Europe and he just says, I'm going to start making the films I want to make in Europe and not have to worry about, uh, you know what anybody says and what what direction that they want to pull me into and, and everything else hang on one second I'll tell you what movie it was Ugh. it was uh, Mission to Mars I think yeah it was Mission to Mars and he had just come off of Snake Eyes and um, Mission Impossible and he did Mission to Mars and he was just like this is a bunch of like fluff bullshit and he's like I'm not into this anymore I like Mission to Mars yeah well he just said did you see it did you see it I didn't see it that's one of the few I haven't seen but I I was kind of like I I think he said that he was over and he just wanted to go to Europe and just chill out and make the kind of movies he wanted when he made them and I can respect that in a way Uh, but I think the films later on after especially Mission to Mars they're all kind of like Domino. They're all kind of, they're a mess. They've got some problems. And I I feel like one thing that runs absolutely current through all of De Palma's films, with a, a couple of exceptions here and there, but I also find it runs current all the way through Hitchcock's films with a couple of exceptions here and there, is that they all feel stiff. This movie felt so calculated and purposeful but it even was, with its fluid camera and yes. it was a fluid camera but it still felt stiff yeah 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 and it was like yeah do you know what i'm saying well, like it felt clunky just, it felt clunky and yes. disjointed Boom. yes clunky and disjointed with its fluid camera. and even the yeah. acting felt clunky yes and it disjointed. was it was all right here's what i want to say robert who directed nightcrawler 
Help me out here. Who's oh, the director? I can't remember. Ah! Well, you know how much we have that film on the pedestal and the right. director also. And when he came out with that streaming film about the, the art world, remember the artsy film about the art world? Yes. And talk about expectations, lofty expectations, only to be plummeted with this, this bad movie. Dan putting, Gilroy, that's who it was. I'm putting this in that same in that same category. Velvet Buzzsaw is the movie you're referring oh, to. Oh, Velvet Buzzsaw, that's it. Here we've got Brian De Palma who did Scarface, the first Carrie movie, uh, Body Double, Carlito's Way. I, yeah. these now, are, Carlito's Way is not clunky. I'm telling you, no, that movie flows. I, yes, it's absolutely, beautiful. but I'm naming these great, and I know you did not see Obsession. You did not see Obsession, mm-hmm. correct? No, I think that, no, and I, I saw it in the theater when it came out with Cliff Robertson. It was lush. It was beautiful. It had the music. It was flowing. It worked. And there was a huge another twist on the twist at the very end. It delivered. All these movies were really, really solid films. And this was just... Well, let, let's get into this. First of all, I think we might... I, I'm going to go out on a limb with a sentence. I like the music. I found I it to be lush. Music. Boom. I knew you were going to say that. I found it to be very Bernard Harriman-esque. And it was lush, it was it was over the top, and it was calling. Now, there's something you were taught in film school when yeah. you got your master's, yep. and that is that good music should merely supplement what we're seeing. It shouldn't signal how you're supposed to feel. I agree. Was yep. that well said? Yep. And this movie is guilty of signaling how I'm supposed to feel. Right. That having been said, I liked it. I liked the operatic lushness, and it took me for a ride. I hated it. it I know you did. I had a feeling you would hate it for that very premise that you were talking about in other films. It was that distracting. It, was too, it, was it pulled too, me out of the mu- yeah, out of the movie, yeah. and well, I, it was loud. It was too loud. It, 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 it never stopped. Too. It was self conscious. Yeah, self conscious. I think I, one of my professors in my undergrad said something about music too. Is he said that whenever he goes to see movies. As soon as he hears the big music, right, he walks right. out. I know. And I, I've always thought of that same thing. I know. Like, yeah, I know. The big but music. isn't that true in all of his films that he does that with a musical score? And that I think Bernard so. Bernard Herrmann like yep. music. And I, I liked the first third of this movie. I did. And I thought, all right, I'll go along with this ride. I will go along this ride. I am on board here with the lush operatic music and all. And as it went on, it just kind of deteriorated yeah. with, with, with cartoon-like characters and there was absolutely no one to root for. Mm-hmm. I didn't know these people. That's it. Yeah. That's it. I did not know these people. I had no idea who they were, and I didn't care. And I didn't care. I didn't care about yeah. them. Bingo. That's it. I truly didn't care. And the zooming in, actually, it wasn't a smooth zoom. He used this trick at least two times where it went in like choppy. Zoom, two, it went closer, 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 closer. Yeah. Remember this, the gun? The cuts. The, the, yeah, 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 yeah. The cut zooming in. The, the, the gun. He left the gun. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, the tomatoes, which had a payoff when he, after he fell in the first third on the bed of tomatoes. The zooming in was so self-conscious and kind of silly. Yeah. Kind of silly. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I feel like part of... Part of the problem here too, I, I'm just I'm coming up with this right now as we're talking about it. I think part of the problem of why those kind of cuts don't work and why they could work in other movies, when Hitchcock was making his films, he was making for a grand theatrical experience where if you wanted to see that film, you had to go to the theater with other people, and it was a community. It was being put up there on a giant screen. But people aren't really watching this movie that way anymore. Mm. They're watching it in the privacy of their own homes. And it, it now feels forced because it's so 
grand and big, and that's just not the the kind that's of really movie making. You're saying if you saw the movie in a theater, maybe you would have um, yes. not dis- disliked the music quite as much as you did. Yes, and that's I think to also say. the yeah. acting styles have really changed. Mm-hmm. You know, no longer do we have kind of Jimmy Stewart's over the top acting style, but we have more subtle, nuanced, realistic performances and. I think some of the performances here were still over the top. The writing was a little over the top. Everything was just a little too much. Trite. Uh, Allah, I pray for Allah. All of a sudden, it seemed very two-dimensional and kind of silly, mm-hmm. you know, with the the quoting from the, the Quran and some these are the bad people. But it seemed, my God, this is the same director who did the first third in Scarface. Where, where were we? In Cuba with those exciting scenes with Al Pacino. Right. It was so raw, that movie, in the first third only. And here, this setup was just kind of goofy well i think it didn't and there was a i'm trying to figure out what the stiffness is because i was i was looking at shots and it seemed like everything everything was covered but too much like in terms of coverage it was like okay we're gonna set up a shot in the elevator of him pressing the button yes and then we had a cool angle yeah Yeah. and and then and then here's the shot of him smiling and here's the shot of his foot and yes. it's like and and that's yeah. all the shot served was just that one purpose yes. and now we're moving on yes everything was lit perfectly it was but it was but, like clinical almost there was no soul to it and especially after after having coming off of of uh alice doesn't live here anymore which was more raw and honest and organic yes but it's so true that elevator sequence we'll call that a sequence is a perfect example with those shots that were self-conscious yes they were self-conscious and trying to be too cool the close-up on their faces the button then then back to the shoes then back to the fate like okay all right it's being too and i can't tell you why it doesn't work because i i would want to say somebody like spielberg might do something like this but Spielberg doesn't operate that way. And as as much as I'm not a crazy fan of Spielberg, I have to say every film I've seen of Spielberg's, it flows really easily. And it it's just not my taste, right? right? It's like a, it's a well-cooked meal. It's just not my, I, I, it's not my cuisine. This meal, I can taste all of the pieces in it. It's like the, this pasta is not fully cooked. This, uh, the, the peas are still frozen. You know, it's like I can still see the parts and it's pulling me out of enjoying Absolutely. it. And you know, just the fact, Robert, that you had a hard time giving us a three-sentence synopsis says something. Yeah. That was telling. You were struggling yeah. to come up with, okay, what's the plot of this movie in a few sentences? It's hard to well, do Well, as that. I was watching it, I'm going, yeah, how what's am I going to Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a major, major disappointment. Uh, the climactic scene, and again, this is this is Hitchcock stuff. And yeah. De Palma has done this so well. And what was it? A bull fight, right? And right. The, the drone and blowing it up. And that the, sequence was okay. It, was it went okay, on too long. But it went on too long, and we saw. The, and then they went to the slow motion, mm-hmm. and then the, the drone. Everything. You know what I was waiting for? Here comes my reference: um, an orchestra waiting for the guy to take the two symbols and clash them together. Right. You know what I'm right. referencing, right? With that example. So it was very Hitchcockian, and it was very. Um, uh, De Palma-ish, having that kind of a slow motion grand climax, but I didn't care. That's it. Yeah, I truly didn't root for anyone in this film, and um, couldn't wait for it to end. It was such a disappointment. I feel bad saying that about films because I know. I mean, we we love film. I mean, that's why we're doing the podcast right. in the first place. And when you give a bad review to a movie, first of all. People worked really hard on this film, and De Palma worked hard on this film. And who the fuck am I to be able to say I know. this is 
this is not it. You know, he's he has so much experience within cinema. He knows how to make films, and this one just isn't working. What I do like about seeing the documentary of him is that he seems to be very honest about his work, and he'll say, "Oh, this one's shit," and he's like, he he does he pulls no punches. The documentary include this film at all? No, no. This it, it cut off right before this film. It was right. finished before I think he started making this one, but. I, what I like about it is he'll talk about some of his other films and go, this one is a is a total train wreck. I love it. And I like when directors are honest with themselves about that kind of stuff. And they're not, they don't treat all of them like they're children. And, or even if they do, you know, parents who are like, oh, I like, I like my son better than my daughter. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah I love them both, but my son's better. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. That's kind of, I, I don't know, kind of respectful, but also kind of an asshole thing to say. I don't know. Anyway. I think it's a, he's the kind of guy that would say that. <laughs> Mom always liked you best. Yeah. Old Smothers Brothers reference. Yeah. Uh, I'm now going to share with you what I think is one of the worst lines of dialogue ever written in American cinematic. Wait, is this American film? No, it's Danish. It wasn't. I yeah. think it's Danish. In any international film ever. Near the end. Okay. About how they, you know where I'm going. No. You're smiling. No, but I'm and smiling. This, I want to get this down verbatim. I was actually going to go back and get it, but I decided I want to watch it again. Um, like, is this thing, how do they know? It's a, we're Americans. We can read your email. Yes. Do you remember that yes. line? Yeah. We're Americans. Fuck. We read your email. I that's think it. it was. Yeah. That's it. Oh, my God. I'm American. If, we read your email. That's, that's it. it that's yeah. it. Yeah. If I wrote that line of dialogue, you would throw a pen at me. Yeah, I would. You would throw something at I me. I would. Deservedly so. That's horrible, stilted yeah. writing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that he's gotten to the point? Did he write this movie? Do we know? No, he didn't. No. He did not? No. <sighs> I, I almost feel like he needs some people around. He got, he's got too many people who worship at the feet of De Palma, and he needs some people around him going, nah, dude, this ain't working. You yeah. need some people like that on set going, hey, we should rethink this. Right. You know, there was one, there was one sequence which I thought was pretty powerful. It was quite riveting, and that was during the, uh, the massacre at the film festival on the red carpet. Yeah. You remember that? And they showed that scene sequence twice they showed right. it again at the end and i think because they knew they had something really good and they wanted to show it a second time you know we see it turns bloody and we're she in the split yeah. screen and we see the terrorist face and talking to telling what to do boom 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 shooting people on the red carpet and all that and they put that in there two times including near the end because i really think they felt that's a good sequence let's put it in it again the split screen i, I really I wish that you had seen the De Palma thing because the the documentary because he talks about the use of split screen and once you know that and you start watching De Palma films there is a through line of oh he does use split screen he was using it all the way back in Carrie and uh and how he uses uh there'll be like somebody's face in the foreground like real real close and then somebody else behind them and He's got a formula for how he sets up a lot of these shots, and he was doing it in this film. And I was like, "Oh, there's another De Palma shot. Oh, there's another." That's interesting. Shot. That's yeah. And you touched on one of those, yeah, which was the yeah. split screen. The other films, you know, even I think we spoke about Blowout. Blowout. And Never it, seen Blowout. Oh, okay. All right. I've always yeah, wanted to, to blow up. This yeah. is Blowout about the audio voice, and it was. It's a quirky film, and it's but it's fun. Is it? It's fun. It's a little bit over the top and kind of goofy, but it's it's satisfying. Yeah. As opposed to uh, as opposed to this. Yeah. What a disappointment. You and I are saying the same thing. The only thing we're disagreeing on is the music. 
And again, I can appreciate that it was too loud. And but I was on board for that operatic stuff with the with the fluid camera work. I thought, all right, take me on this ride. I'm ready. But then in the second half, it all fell apart. I, I do want to point out that now, okay, I'm going to call him Jamie Lannister because he's in Game of Thrones as Jamie Lannister, but his, his real name is <clears throat> Nicolaj, Nicolaj Coster Waldu. Is that right? Uh, sounds right to me. All right. What? Was he... All right. I, I said before that some of the acting was over the top, and I didn't feel like he didn't annoy me in the movie. Uh, he was fine. He did his job. Wait, Guy co- Pierce was actually pretty good kind of but there was something, also. i feel like it wasn't their fault i feel like they were i don't feel like anybody was really to blame here except for well, i guess ultimately the captain's got to go down with the ship you know you got to throw the palma under the bus who's the first actor you were referencing the oh, main the, actor the, hmm? the main actor who's he, the main act oh the, we're talking about the black dude the black dude <laughs> No, Nicolaj oh. Coster oh, yeah. Waldo. Oh, him. Okay, yes. The now, guy, what... he plays Jamie Lannister in Game of Thrones. Got it. Yeah, two people were in that film, right? In the TV series Game of Thrones. Only two right? people, yeah. yeah it's two, two people the entire time. It's him and a dragon. That's who's in the... That's... No. no, there are two actors who are in Game of Thrones who are in this film. Was there another one? Yes, yes. Yeah, they were like reunited for this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. All right. I don't know who it was, but okay. All right. So what about him? Oh, were you saying Stiff? No, I felt like he was okay. You're saying he was okay. He didn't annoy me. But I, I there were moments that were stiff. And I felt like Guy Pierce was okay. Anyway. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Well, there's a reason it's got such a low rotten tomato score, huh? Yeah. Okay, so the, what are your, money, your shots? money shots? Oh man. This is hard. And I can't wait to get to anti wave with you. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm having a hard time with this. I've got two uh, money shots they're, they're goofy shots okay because i wasn't connecting the movie and i didn't care about the people um in the first third of the big it's an homage to vertigo and obviously with the rafters and hanging on blah, 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 and, and well hold on you okay, gotta set you, the scene you set it up no you me. set it no up. you set it it's up. your scene two cops good cop bad cop the bad cop the old one is old and one is young and the older cop has been uh, strangled in the neck stabbed and the step, stabbed in the abdomen and strangled. Oh also. no, no, cut his. It was yeah, cut. It was yeah, the knife that was yeah, cut on yeah, his throat. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. But the 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 young cop. They said, "Go, go after him. Go after him." And so the young cop does, and we see this grand uh, climbing on the rooftops and on the side of buildings and holding on to bricks, and they both fall down, and um, our our good cop lands in a bed of tomatoes which they forecast at the very beginning where we see the tomato scene. Yeah. This is a lousy money shot if this is the best I can do, mm-hmm. but it made me wince. I'm calling this out because I didn't like it. Money shots don't have to be admirable, do they? No. I, as long as they stick in me, yeah. that's okay. What are the scenes that you're going to remember five years This is now? it. And number two, the <clears throat> drone thing I thought was just so, we should say that the drone was filled with explosives. This is the big climax of the bullfight. So set it up. Okay. So we have our bad guy who's in the stand supposedly selling popcorn, right? And and he's got the remote control to explode it. Explode so, what? Oh, uh, explode popcorn? the drone with all... No. Oh, come on. The drone. And so we see it There's coming... There's a drone that hovering, some terrorists hovering. are going to fly in... And he has the switch, and it's going to blow the drone up. Yes. And it's got explosives on yeah. it. Yeah, my money shot number two is when the drone flies into his face. Right. It's sort of silly. <laughs> I, it, it, why is it that it was he silly. was the guy that needed to flip the switch? Why couldn't the terrorists who were flying the drone flip the switch? I was wondering that, too. I, 
it's like they needed a guy inside the bullfight selling popcorn to be able to flip the switch. And why are you selling popcorn? Why don't you just buy a ticket? Just sit down. Because he was like shoving spectators away who wanted to buy his wear, his popcorn. Made no sense. And he was like in slow motion shoving them away, shoving them away. Because he had to push his button. Right. Why couldn't he just get a regular seat and sit in the spectators and watch the fucking bullfight? That way these people wouldn't bug him. Right. <laughs> and, or you could just say, I'm not selling anymore. <coughs> are people really going to go, no, I want yeah, popcorn yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Couldn't you just so, be like, so I'm closed right now. Yeah, yeah. I got to tell you, when the drone flew into his face, it was, oh, God. Yeah, it was. was I got to tell two. you, and I'm not just bullshitting. What, what? Those are my two money shots. Are you serious? Yeah, 100%. The because tomato? I feel like those those sequences <laughs> are the most visually interesting. Uh, maybe that the elevator sequence that we talked about earlier, they, they get into an elevator and they, they run into a bad guy and he gets in the elevator with them. And they're kind of sussing him out, trying to. It's before they know he's the bad guy, and they, they're kind of figuring maybe he's a bad guy, and and only because everything was so stiff. But yes, that same terracotta roof chase scene where the tiles are falling down onto the street below, and he lands in the tomatoes, and the bullfight drone sequence, and it crashing into his face. Ah, and Robert, we have the same two money shots. I don't honestly. I I saw this movie yesterday. Yeah, and I'm telling you. I can remember a little bit before the terracotta roof stuff and I can remember most of the bullfight. I have no idea what I watched in between. Right, right. And that's kind of an insult for a movie. I mean, this movie was, um, it had some real big problems because of that. Yeah. Well, well, we sure agree on that, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Is it anti-wave? I have no idea. You go first. I need you to go. I, I, I've made a list of things, but you you kick this off. I want to hear you. Uh, okay, well, let's start on why, why it is. is. All right, so why is it anti-wave? Well, first of all, it's not made with Hollywood money. Right. I mean, it's a foreign film set in a foreign movie. land uh, with foreign actors, except for, well, Guy except Pierce is Guy foreign. Guy Pierce yeah, is He's American. Australian. No, he's Australian. Oh, okay, but he's done he American, plays American movies. Yeah. And he plays an American, right? Right. right with, yeah. And these are... And, Actors that are fairly well known. That's getting into why this isn't. Okay, so. Yeah. Maybe we should do the is not for. No, we'll do the first is. Okay. We'll do it is. Is. Uh, it is anti wave because of. Uh, Tell me. I've been dying to hear what you're about to say. I think it's a foreign film. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't have any other real good reasons. I don't either. I, I want to say that the structure. Is not a typical three act, but it kind of kind of is. is actually. It is beginning, middle, and end. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. They gunky, get the bad guys, clunky, at the but end. they get the bad guy at the end. Everybody gets what they want. It yeah. all wraps up. Right. This is all non anti wave elements you're mentioning. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And I don't know. I mean, you get some recognizable actors that mm-hmm. are in it: Guy Pierce and Nick. Nick, what's his name? Mm-hmm. Nicolaj Coster Waldu. Yeah. I agree. I, I think I'm going to give this a pretty low anti wave yeah, score. Yeah. Um, you're you're going to give it a 2.3. But yeah, it still feels independent. It Why does it feel independent? Because it's bad. Because it's bad. <laughs> is that what it is? That's the answer. Well, maybe the fact that it's Cause bad it, cause does it's give wrong. it some anti wave. Yeah, that, that's very funny. That's very funny because it's a bad movie that suggests it's anti wave. I mean, some of the. That's- the blood splattering effects were pretty they were digital and you could t- tell it was like kind of bad cg but not hollywood bad cg like me and my friend's computer bad cg yeah. you know yeah so that kind of makes it feel more 
Oh, I don't know. Not I an anti-wave. Know. And let me also kick in, obviously, the fact that it's a Brian De Palma film. And Brian De Palma, especially a few decades ago, was, was a wonder kid. I mean, he was it. We can rattle off a dozen of his films. And this is, this is I'm going to say, Hollywood establishment m- movies. Yeah. Even though they can be edgy and they're often provocative and, and have that sexual tenseness to them. I don't think this one did so much, but uh, no. All right, so what's our anti-wave yeah, score? Yeah, 2.3. I give it a 2. Disappointing, huh? It is disappointing. Yeah. yeah. Well, too bad. And, you know, I I had seen a couple of the reviews. I tried to stay away from the reviews, but I had seen some of them just kind of cross as I was looking for where to find the movie. Right, it pops up. They will pop up sometimes. I know. And you I said don't even it got read some them. mixed reviews. You and I that, saw something that yeah. said, uh, was the, the Palma's back in action or yes. something like that. And I yeah. was like, okay, cool. Yeah. I wanted it to be good. I, I want to like this movie. It just didn't work. Yeah. We should have seen the other Domino instead. Probably. God, should. that seems... You saw that, right? I did. Yeah. I liked it. I mean, the, and you know it's a true story. Yeah. It's based but on... But I, I think the real chick was not nearly as hot as uh, Kira Sedgwick. Was it not Kira Sedgwick. What's her name? Kira Knightley. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have a crush on her. <laughs> and why? Because she's... She she's has female. two legs and a heartbeat. That's why. Yeah, the first... A fart the beat? first Heartbeat. Oh, okay. The first one was directed by Tony Scott. And um, it was... I think I told... It's Lawrence Harvey's daughter in yeah. real life. And she was aboard. And she became a... a what? Like a hitman. She went undercover, is that right? Right, something like that. Yeah, a bounty hunter. That's it. She became a bounty hunter. This is a true story. That's crazy. I would like to see that film. Can we point out? What? I think it's a bad idea. Okay, look. I know technically that they can get away with naming this film Domino. Right. While that film is called Domino. But why would you do, do it? Do that. Well, all it does is confuse I know, people. I know. And it... Did Domino have anything to do with this movie? No. Why is it called Domino? Was that one of the characters' names? I don't no, think so. I checked. No, I thought maybe those last so thing of one of the characters. Why are you calling it Domino? Um, because there's see, it's a metaphor, Robert. Let me For explain what? this to you. Well, okay, when you have the dominoes, because of starting, I'm trying really. It's like you know where I'm going. You know exactly where I'm going yeah. because of the, the. If he didn't leave his gun with his girlfriend at the very beginning and had it's that like a gun, domino effect, yes, like you knock over yes. one domino. If he had his gun, maybe he wouldn't. He could have gone in. Then this wouldn't have happened. Then the black guy, and then he would. Boom. How about cause and effect? Yeah, if oh, that's I what like you want to go with, title. yeah. But yeah, it's a bad title. I, it's bad because it's already been used. Yeah, especially when the other domino. And it really so is better. confusing. It is. It is. I, I would prefer the tomato, or the 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 tomato fall, or something like that, because at least it's memorable. Yeah. Yeah. I I I think it's a it's bad better. idea it's to do tomato this. Tomato fall. Look, we could make a movie, but why would we want to make our movie called Titanic? Oh, it has nothing to do with the boat. All you're gonna do when anybody's trying to find your movie, they're just gonna get confused and go fi- seek out this right, other movie right. instead. I know. By the way, I do, do want to tell you that in the first Domino film, that is the true story, and it's her last name. Right? Do you know that? Yeah. So that makes it's a cool title, and it made right. sense. Yes. Look at the difference. It, it's her last name, and it made sense. It was just yeah. You know, this. We should do a double feature of like this movie is what to do. This movie is what not to do. <laughs> domino and Domino. Domino and Domino. Or even Domino's. 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 Domino. Yeah. That might be better. Just not Domino. Domino's. 
No, not dominant. <sighs> oh my gosh! Why am I in this conversation yeah. with you? Yeah. Abort! Abort! Who yeah. died this week? Okay, are you saying it's time for? Gotta tell you, unfortunately, must the following people they done turned to dust. Yeah, speaking of we, abortions, we lost an eighty-year-old Martha Mann. She was a Canadian costume designer, but she did movies including One Tough Cop, which is an American film. We lost an American actor, uh, Carmen. Caridi, who was in The Godfather. Party G- B? Do you know this person? No, not. <laughs> I don't know that. Now, listen, I want to share this with you. You're going to find this quite interesting. I want to say also that he was up for a major part in Godfather Part 2, uh, but didn't get it. So he's in the film with Bugsy and also Summer Rental, had a smaller part in Godfather Part 2, and a lot of movies he appeared in. But here's the big thing with this guy. He is the first person to have been kicked out of the Academy. Oh really? Yes, yes, For what? yes. Now listen to this. Because he um because he was pirating um he was pirating sample other films and giving them out to his friends. Oh, like the screeners? Yes, the screeners. Uh, Wait, you're not in your microphone, bud. Pull no, back. No, I'm not. No, I am. Okay. Yeah. Academy Motion Picture announced that it identified a copy of the film Something's Gotta Give uh, circulating illegally on the internet, and it had markings identifying that it came from him uh, as his role as an Oscar voter. Uh, other unauthorized copies, including The Last Samurai, Mystic River, Big Fish, Master and Commander, Far Side of the World, were also said to have been traced back to this guy. FBI got involved. He was the first person to have been kicked out of the Academy. And he's dead. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I wonder if he's somewhat kind of proud of or if, <laughs> if he was. I guess he's that's not proud he's, of anything anymore. That's what he's known for. Yeah. I'd be kind of proud of that in a weird sort of way. Yeah. Yeah. You, well, yeah. You streaked in the Chinese theater. So you, you know, could, yeah. at that point, you're like, oh, what the fuck do I care? Yeah. Anyway, so he's dead. Rosalind Alexander, this person, 94-year-old American actress, she was in uh, Rent-A-Cop and the movie Child's Play. The Silver Spotlight Speaking of award. Child's Play. Yeah, look at that. Perfect timing. That was perfect. Look at There's her. There's a little look baby, baby chimes She's going talking. on yeah. She's talking. Child's Play. That's, that's oh. so cute. Robert, can you tell your kid to shut the fuck up? We're trying to do a podcast. <laughs> All right. Oh, All right. Look what you do. That you you made Joey Producer cry. Joey's upset now that I said. All right. Yeah. Okay. One more, please. Silver Spotlight Award goes to Peggy Stewart, ninety-five-year-old American actress. She Robert was in. <clears throat> she was in a lot of these B movie serials. The Cardi Cowboy. B. No, will you stop saying that? And <laughs> she did a lot of. Uh, a lot of uh, bad B-movies, westerns, uh, The Fighting Redhead, The Life and Legend of Wyatt Earp, That's My Boy, and she was known for these western B-movies, and a lot of television, I googled her, man, so many TV shows in the 50s and the 60s, and I even want to say that she appeared in an episode of Seinfeld, so it's cool when they bring back these actresses who've done so much, just a wealth of stuff, and they bring them on before they die. <laughs> we gotta get you on here before you die before you kick the yeah. bucket so she gets my silver spotlight award Kirk Douglas died but he's not getting my silver spotlight award so he's gone okay right. that's it hey man yeah wanna play a game I like games alright let's play a I game I know what that's from what I know what, what that's from What's wait it wait, from? wait 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 it's, it's what just a sec more games ha 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 gotcha yes no, it is buddy. yes it is no do you want to play a game yeah yes that's not what I said and I said Want to play a game? It's from Saul. Oh, I never saw it. Mm. So that is in both films. It's well, well not the way you said it. Slightly different. Slightly different. There's a slight intonation. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, man. This is a game called 
Top of the charts. Top of the charts. Please explain. Okay, so here's how this game is going to work. You know when you go to IMDb and you look up somebody? Yeah, I do now. <laughs> now I do. Now I do. Like when you go there and you, you look up, uh, let's say you're looking up Kevin Costner. Yeah. All right. So It also you, has other movies that they're known for. Yeah, it has movies, like the top movies. The top ones. That will, that will kind of hover at the top, kind of go, here's the guy that you're thinking of, right? And it only gives like three or four, right? Right. Who decides? Is it popularity because they all get scores? I think are, so. Yeah. I think it's kind of like what their most popular films mm-hmm. are, and I'm sure there's some sort of algorithm that makes it kind of pop up there to the top of the charts. Mm-hmm. So for Kevin Costner, for example... What movies do you think might be in Kevin Costner's top? I would say JFK or Dances with Wolves or mm-hmm. No Way Out. All right. Well, I'm looking at it, and it is... J- sorry, Dances with Wolves was correct. JFK and No Way Out is not correct, but mm-hmm. their Bodyguard is one of his. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, you get how this sure. is played. Sure, Producer Joey has selected a few different people for us, and we have to guess what are the top of their charts at IMDb. I like this game. All right. So Let's we're going to, I'm assuming it's going to have some sort of relevance to the movie that we've seen. So our first one is Guy Pierce. Okay. So what are the, gonna, what are oh, gonna be the like top this. movies for Guy Pierce? All right. Are you ready? Yeah. May I go first? Please go, go for well, it. Give me one. Okay. Well, Memento. Memento. I'm going to say LA Confidential. That's good. Um, there was a remake of The Time Machine, but I don't know if that would be up there. But I can't think of another so, Guy Pierce movie, so I'm saying that one. What you have one? Uh, he did one in Australia with the. I think it was called. It's called Rover, but I doubt that's going to be towards the top. Definitely Memento. Definitely Memento. How many are I'm going to say. I'm, like I'm standing strong. It's we're guessing three. I'm going to stand strong with L.A. Confidential. Okay, LA Confidential I agree with you. I agree with you. So I'm saying Memento and L.A. Confidential. Yeah. Don't know what the third one is. I doubt it. If it's did, time oh, did he do any? Comic book movies, because that would be up there too. I don't think so. Guy Pierce do any comic book movies? Mm. Man, what? Well, we okay, so you think Time Machine? I can't think of another one. Mm. Yeah, Rover's a really good movie. By okay, the way. then let's go with that out. one. All right, we'll put Rover in. I don't, right. I don't think I'm, it's going to be right. All right, we're gonna, oh, wait, are, wait, 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 wait. You wait. thought of something? Australia. Do you remember that Australia movie where it was all the Australian actors that were in I it? I never saw it, but I know of it. Yeah. yeah. I bet because that was a pretty it has a Boz Lerman movie, I think. So let's scratch Rover and yeah. replace that with Australia. I'm gonna put Australia in Okay, there. so now our three are um Memento. Yeah. And uh, LA Confidential and Australia and Australia. Boom. All right, we're gonna we're gonna put that in. And it is Memento, LA Confidential, Rover. Ah, you and almost Lockout. had it. What was the fourth one? Lockout. Mm. I don't know what man okay we got i said rover yeah you did it was it was yeah rover. but you changed your mind dude doesn't oh, count man. yeah that's a good movie by the I, way it's a it? really good movie okay brian de palma brian oh this is good so okay. when his name comes up on imdb yep. is it three films of his that we're looking i think for? there's four but we only have to guess three all right so we got to guess okay. three uh, uh, we we get a little buffer room so That's what are De Palma's good. top movies going to be? I think not necessarily top, but I could see it on IMDb. Carrie, I, I think, think Carrie. would be included. I think Carrie would be up there. Yes. Uh, Carlito's Way? No, I, mm. I, I can help you. What? Scarface. Scarface. I think Carrie That's and good. Scar- I don't mean to take this away from no, you. No, no, you're, you're right, you're right. But you're I'm right. going to say Carrie and Scarface. Now you do the no, next uh, Well, two. no, no. This is a group effort. It, yeah, right. It's just against your wife. Right. You're right. It's you and me. <laughs> tag teaming my yeah. wife yeah right so we yeah. just tag in and out yeah and we're just gonna yeah. nail we're gonna her beat that bitch we're gonna just okay, nail her yeah yeah all right yeah evidently we're you gonna did. Fuck you did her nail up. her 
uh, yeah. nine, uh, ten and a right. half months ago. But yeah. now it's you and me. Now. Yeah, the way it should be. All right, producer Joe, you're on with this, right? You, me and Ira nailing you. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. What are we doing? Uh, oh, so what are we, okay. So we got okay, Carrie. What, are, what about body double? Well, there's also body Blowout, heat. Body heat. But there's body heat. Okay, again, to back up for just a moment, yeah. that we're definitely doing Carrie, Carrie, and Scarface. Scarface. I think absolutely those. Are, those two. I think those are good. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm done with those. What else? I just Carlito's, saw this documentary where they went through all of his films. Carlito's Way, Snake Eyes. Be. Oh, Mission Impossible. Yes, he did direct the first of the franchise, correct? Yeah. But I don't know if that would be up there, man. I you don't, don't think, think so. I. All right. I don't know. I don't know. I, um. Body heat, body double. Are we missing any other big ones? No. He did Casualties of War, but that's not going to be out there. That was a Michael J. Fox, Maybe it would Sean have Penn the movie. First, wait, wait, wait. Maybe it would have the first MI, Mission Impossible. I think it you would. You know what? Those are our three. We've got three. Carrie, Scarface. Scarface, Mission, Mission Impossible. Impossible. That's pretty fucking good. Okay. That's, I can see that. So we're only going to name three. All right. Boom. Three of the four. And, All right. the, and answer the answer is... is Dress to Kill, Body Double, Phantom of the Paradise. That was a, that was an and the odd. Untouchables. Wait, we got zero, man. Wow, Phantom of the Paradise. Phantom of the Paradise was an odd. I never saw it, but it I was, know it of it. It was a weird. Yeah. Why would to not include wow. Carrie? Or I don't know. Mission Impossible. I guess not. All right. Scarface. Fuck you, IMDb. Yeah. All right. Let's get. All right. Next, one. Alfred Hitchcock. We got to find out which, like, what, what the criteria. Is yeah to put those movies is towards the, the viewers top. voting number of votes or something? Votes? I gotta find. All right, surely not. I can't believe that Phantom of the Paradise is gonna get insane. more. That makes no sense to me. Interest no. than than Carrie. It was a weird movie. It, all right, the first Carrie movie was more okay. All right, maybe movies. He, I don't know. No, mm. it's not box office. It's no. not. It's people voting. That's that star gotta, meter. Thing I want to find have. out. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Alfred uh, gonna, Hitchcock. Yeah. I'm going to say the next one. No. So shut up, Madeline. We're recording. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. Hey, it, did. it worked. She listened to dad. Uh, oh. uh, She's got a mind of her own. What are uh, you going to do? All right. Let me go first on this. All right. Alfred. What do you got? Definitely the birds. The birds. Yeah. I think psycho has got to be up there too. That's two. All right. The birds psycho. We could do uh, all right. Frenzy dial in for murder. Oh. Strangers on a train. Um, do you want to maybe take Madeline in the other no, room? No, I like her here. No. Oh, Madeline. All right, all right. Uh, birds. What are we leaving out? Um, what? What other? Uh, the man who knew too much. Um, didn't he make Dial M for Murder yeah. twice? Yeah. Oh, didn't was he, there a remake on I, that one? He like there made was the a same remake, movie but twice. I don't know if he did the same one twice. Strangers on a Train. Uh, all I, right. We know we've got Psycho and the definitely birds. the birds and definitely Psycho Vertigo. That's bingo. That's I it. knew there was one yeah. more that Vertigo. we weren't getting, and that's the three Vertigo. Uh, producer Joey. All right. So the answer okay. is. Oh, we're clicking it. I like Psycho producer... Vertigo North by Northwest. I don't think of that. And the lady vanishes. The oh. lady vanishes. Yeah. Wow. Was, okay. I want to know. We should have played North by Northwest. We yeah, we should have got that, that yeah, one. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That was all right. Yeah. That was pretty good. That was good. Yeah. You know, North by Northwest. You know, one of the working titles was um, The Man South Who by Stood Southwest? On, besides uh, The Man Who Stood on Lincoln's Nose. Because of the Mount yeah. Rushmore Climax. Yeah. They were on Lincoln's Nose. On, okay. I had a Mount Rushmore Climax, but it was not the same. <laughs> 
I like this game. Hey, man, you want to play? Uh, you want to do some top five? Top five and hit it, Vern. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. All right, our top five this week is top five. What? Ah, voyeuristic movies. Voyeuristic movies. Voyeuristic movies. Movies that uh, are voyeuristic or have at least, according to you, one tiny scene, only if it's in it for 12 seconds. Good one enough. tiny 12 we second 12 scene. 12 second scene. We have a difference in, in interpretation of the word, which we is do. fine, which mm-hmm. is fine. And, um, you know, I was thinking, Robert, before mm-hmm. we get into this, any porn movie that the viewer views is porn. The viewer is being voyeuristic and watching people being intimate. I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. The way you're defining voyeuristic, seeing any movie is voyeuristic. Isn't that interesting? Any film, the way you're defining it, not no, necessarily no, no, sexual. No, 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 no. Spying, isn't that what you're doing when you're watching a movie? Aren't you spying in on people? Breaking that fourth wall? No, I, I, that's not what I mean. I don't mean the audience is being voyeuristic. I, I mean, well, the characters have to be voyeuristic. Yes, I know. I know. But wait, wouldn't you say like, like rear window because he's watching all know, of them I know. and i've stayed up till three in the morning justifying why it is on my list because does he see people fucking no he sees somebody undressing but, but i think some, yes there is an undressing silhouette i think is it silhouette? Yeah. so i i went out of my way to make the whole movie was pure okay we'll get to that so even with our slight difference in defining the term let's still go with this anyway and begin with our number five okay my number you want me to go first you yes go first? you go first why don't you go first i'm gonna go first yeah you go first my number five is unique I tried to think out of the box again. I, try, I was thinking about animation. I was thinking about, you know, watching animals that play something where I could be different with you. Yeah. And I, those are pretty conventional, but I do like my number five. You might roll your eyes a little bit with the famous scene in Basic Instinct. Base famous scene. Oh, look, now you can hear me. Yeah, I can hear you. Can we redo the whole podcast where I'm like this? No. In Basic Instinct 1992, and obviously I'm talking about the interrogation scene mm-hmm. with and Sharon Stone, and I'm going to make the argument that it was quite voyeuristic. They were peeping, okay. and she wasn't aware of it, and when she was crossing and uncrossing her legs, that I include that as a rather unique... Now, wait a minute. What? I think she was totally aware I, of I, it. You're right. You're right. She, you're right. Wait a minute. Then it's not voyeuristic. Now, because I read the definition the that they can't thing. be... They can't be in on it? I, according to what I read, they're not aware of it. Otherwise, you're just exposing yourself. You're just exposing yourself as not necessarily voyeuristic. Mm. But we'll play with that as we get to it. I want to say 1992, directed by our good Paul, Paul Varhoven, and who directed Robocop and Greta. <laughs> there you go. So at any rate, yes, I don't know if you have to be aware of it or not, but she prob- she was during the interrogation scene. I still think it was voyeuristic. That's my number five. Okay. Okay. Uh, my number five is a movie that is no stranger to my top fives. 1982. The Road Warrior. Now, you might say, where's there, where is there voyeurism in this movie? When where he, is there voyeurism in this movie? Th- it, there's actually a lot. And I will say, it does get kind of sexual. It's one of the few sexual moments in the whole movie. Uh, so when he comes into... Uh, he, he picks up the gyro captain, and they drive up to the top of the mountain, and they're watching the good guys in the town get beaten up by the bad guys, and they're kind of spying on them. And then one morning the good guys make a break for it and they take the cars that go in all these different directions. He pulls up binoculars and he's like following them and the bad guys um, kill this, the, some of the good guys that are trying to escape and they start raping the woman and he's watching it. He and the gyro captain, they pull out, the gyro captain pulls out a big, uh, long, what do you call that? Spyglass and is, is looking at this rape going on and 
you can kind of see that the, the gyro captain, it's a little bit more of like, yeah, it's a naked woman. And then he's kind of like, oh, shit, like she's going to get raped. And they're watching this wow. whole, whole thing take yeah. place. Yeah. And then uh, Mad Max uses that as his moment to be able to go down and try to get into the bad guy's compound. So there is, it's a big, long sequence where they're watching all of this going on. No one knows they're there and they're watching something that's actually quite sexual going on down below. Cool. Now, of course, wow. I know this movie pretty intimately. Oh, yeah? But it's something... Yeah, it's a, it's, take a look at your posters. <laughs> but it is something that I think... Uh, I try to go for something unique as well. And that... I, I don't know. I've always... I always think about that scene and like what it would be like up there watching them. Anyway, there you go. That's my number five. You'll notice that I put it as number five. While it's my favorite film, I don't think it's my most favorite voyeuristic moments or scenes. I have a few in here. I have some good scoops of ice cream, too. Are we going to overlap? No, I don't think we're we not, are. I went the conventional route. Now I've got. I know a few that I think are going to be on your list. I know. Though. I wonder if we'll share our same number one. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I okay. don't know. Yeah. What do you got? What's your number four? Number four, 1986. Let's see if you can guess. 1986. Yes, directed by David Lynch. Blue Velvet. Yeah. 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 Now the scene. There's a lot of edgy, provocative voyeurism, but the one I'm talking about is when Kyle McLaughlin is in the closet watching. Yeah, what now what was it? He was in the closet. It's He's been in the closet. Have seen this watching movie. Dennis Hopper, who's breathing with the mask, mask. Is- Isabella Rossellini, uh go at it and it's pretty kinky yeah. and fetish and it's sexual as hell and they don't know they're being watched and Kyle's watching through the shutters of the closet. Remember that? Right, right. And the very slats. voyeurist the slats, right. And uh I put that what a movie. What yeah. what a what a fucked up movie. I feel like I need to watch that movie again. I would like to watch it again. Because I feel like I watched it probably seven or eight times in college. And then it's I haven't seen it since then. And I I feel like I know. But it's also with David Lynch. I feel like you could watch it and then go, what the fuck did I just watch? And you have yeah. to watch it again. All right. That's, that's good. my number four. I like that one. Thanks, buddy. My number four. Uh, a movie the director has been on many, many times. I don't think I've ever mentioned this movie in my top five. 1989, Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Now, here's the thing. Yeah? You said before that the person can't know that they're being watched. And I feel like he is voyeuristic, but they all gave permission. But at the same time, there are definite scenes where other people are watching the videos and they're not supposed to be watching the videos. And so at that point, they didn't know they'd be watched by somebody else. So the whole plot is about uh, someone who likes to videotape people talking about their sexual history and that's the only way he can get off is by looking at the videotapes later on and masturbating to them yeah so i can't that's good that's good i think that is voyeuristic wouldn't you say i do too it just feels voyeuristic it it feels creepy in that same feels creepy i know keeping calm way did we say who directed it i don't know if you mentioned steve soderbergh there you go yeah Yeah. put him on the map nice nice yeah it did also um it's accredited for the starting the independent film wave yeah all right, so 1989, Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Right. What do you got? My last three. I, I like my five and four a lot with, with Basic Instinct and Blue Velvet. Now I'm going to go conventional. Okay. I did not, I'm not out of the box on this one. For number three, I am including Psycho. 1960 with Hitchcock and with Anthony Perkins watching Janet, like the before, obviously before the shower scene, because she's killing the shower scene, right. where she's disrobing, where she's taking off yeah. her clothes. And it's quite a scene. It really is. It's quite a scene. So I'm definitely putting that down as my number three. Psycho is one of these movies that uh, it really holds up well. And I think, it, if I remember correctly, I think at the time it didn't get real great reviews. I think it was kind of like, eh, whatever. And they kind of dismissed it. And it's only over time that it's really gained this uh huge phenomenon and, and respect 
but it really does hold up quite well. And it, the, some of the things that he does where he um, kills off the protagonist after the first 20 minutes and then kills off the second protagonist and he really plays with the audience's emotions as to who's doing what. He's playing with cinema in, in that sense uh, and, and what are conventions. I like that. I think that's really interesting. Absolutely. By the way, I'm referring to the remake, the shot-by-shot remake, yeah, not the original. That's I what, just wanted to make I, that I figure that's yeah. what you're talking about. You <laughs> not. Okay. Fool. Yeah. Uh, all right. My number three is from 2017. It's a documentary. Have you heard of... I was wondering if you're going to come up with a documentary. I did. And have, Okay, wait, wait. Have I seen it? I don't think so. Have I heard of it? I don't think so. What the fuck? But okay. you're going to go home and watch it. I am. Do yeah. you have it? No. Okay. No, but I bet you I bet you go watch it. Oh, this is going to be uh, exciting. 2017, the movie is called Voyeur. So you can't tell me it's not voyeuristic. That's the title. <laughs> uh, it is about a guy um, where this, I guess, an investigative journalist goes to uh, this guy's hotel. He owns a hotel, and he has, for years and years, um, put up catwalks above the hotel rooms where he just sits and watches people all night long in their hotel rooms, in his hotel. And he just watches these people and watches them have sex, watches them fight, watches them do all of this stuff. I like this movie. And it's a documentary. This is real. And it's pretty fucked up. I want to see this. Yeah. You know, I honestly, I used to watch my neighbor, Nancy, uh, next door when I go to sleep and she had to watch her strip and get disrobe wow it's true when you were it's how old true. i was uh it was about last year no just kidding <laughs> i i was like 16 17 18 and uh, nancy fine and she lived next door my parents were close to his parents yeah she was pretty fine and every night i couldn't wait to go to sleep because i knew if i look through the curtain a certain time i'd watch her take off her clothes i could see it through the silhouette this kept me going for a long time was she completely naked? No, or I guess you didn't. Well, it was a silhouette, silhouette. so I didn't yeah. know. But it was just so exciting for me watching her get ready to go to sleep. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I always wanted to thank her. <laughs> How okay. old was she? She was my age. She was a little bit older. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. She was a little bit older. We were both going to the same high school. Mm-hmm. I, I remember I, I used to date this girl, and she lived in an apartment over in Santa Monica. And I remember we were laying in her bed one night. We were kind of, uh, she had this weird thing where she wouldn't, she wouldn't kiss anybody. And we never had sex. But we were kind of fool around, we very intimate, but we were, it was like physical, but was, we never kissed or anything like that. And it was just kind of uh, intimate conversations and stuff. And we'd hang out. And every once in a while, the neighbors down below, they would have sex with their windows open and the whole apartment complex could hear them. And she would get really turned on by that. And then eventually one night she got really turned on and she finally kissed me. And I was like, whoa, because it was like the big deal for her. Like the big form of intimacy for her was to kiss even more than having sex with somebody. It was like kissing somebody was a big, big deal for her. And it took hearing these other people. But it was like repeated. Like, I mean, she got really turned on from hearing other people. Isn't that weird? That's really hot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Nice. All right. What's your number three? No, I did my number three. Psycho. Oh, is it? So you just is gave it my, your, yeah. Is what, it my just, what number are we on? I think I finished three. Where are you? Who went first? You went first. Okay. So it's your number two. Oh, is that right? Yeah. See, and again, I went for the conventional route and wondering if indeed Hitchcock's other movie of uh, 1954, Rear Window. Mm-hmm. But the whole movie reeks of 
they don't know the people across the street and the other, but they don't know they're being watched. Right. Is it titillating? Is it sexual in any way? Are we seeing illicit behavior? There's that one scene where we see a lady disrobing, but I don't care how we define it. Maybe I'm being too analytical in defining terms mm-hmm. here. It this just reeks. Of, it's just a fucking voyeuristic genius. If film. you said name a voyeuristic movie, that's to the a first one that come to mind. That's one of that's the first, first ones one come to mind. mind. Yeah. yeah, Jimmy Stewart. Yep. Yep. yep that's my number two. Uh, and it should be noted the reason why we're doing voyeuristic films is because De Palma is known for doing such voyeuristic stuff, uh, body double, uh, body heat, right. uh, a lot of these films that have a lot of voyeurism in them. And and even there were some voyeuristic scenes in this movie in Domino, kind of, kind of yeah, where they're kind of spying through the binoculars mm-hmm. watching the uh, the drone fly into the stadium and stuff like that so there was some a little bit of voyeuristic stuff not as not as much as not other as much movies. as other films yeah. right right all right so we're now down to my number two yes my number two is from 2018 now, this is a movie that i saw last night so remember before i saw that's my right. review this is a movie that i just saw and i really really liked the first two-thirds of this movie a lot the ending was kind of for me but uh the first two-thirds <laughs> were great there's a lot of tension, a lot of really, really interesting stuff. From 2018, and we never reviewed it on this podcast, but I wanted to see it a lot. Bad Times at the El Royale. That movie has got through us. Got, I, you know, I yeah, was aware of it. By us. One, it. It slipped by us. It definitely did. Jeff Bridges, right? Was that yeah. Jeff Bridges? Yeah, Jeff Bridges yeah. was in it. And so here's what happens. The, it's kind of, it felt very much like a, uh, a Tarantino movie. And... All of these people who are all kind of quirky characters all end up at this hotel and they they check in and it's kind of the off season. So nobody else is in the hotel except for these four or five characters. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it one of them realizes and finds out that there is a hidden corridor behind all of the hotel rooms that has one way. First of all, he he discovers that there is bugs uh, like audio bugs that are in the rooms where so they're listening to everybody's conversations and then another character finds this hallway behind all the the, the hotel rooms where the owners have set up cameras and this is set in the 1960s 70s they've set up cameras to video or to film people coming into the hotel rooms so they're they're watching them they're listening to them and they're it's totally voyeuristic and they have filmed uh, senators. They never say which senator. It's kind of alluded that's probably Bobby Kennedy. Um, but they've they've filmed senators and prostitutes in there, and they've got they're using some of that as blackmail. It's really interesting. Saying the first two thirds are wonderful, it falls apart. Uh, for me, it did. I didn't really care for. Was the that ending. Coen Brothers? Uh, no, no, mm, it felt like them, but it wasn't. Okay. It was the same guy who did uh, Cabin in the Woods. Mm. So it, it it's got some it's got some pedigree behind it. It's a good movie. Uh, I I really enjoyed it. Like I said, the first two thirds, I I was I was on the edge of my seat, and then the last third, I was kind of like, mm, all right, it kind of started falling apart for me. Got it. Okay. Bad times at the El Royale. Bad times. Yours is bad times, mm-hmm. and mine is fast times. Oh, now no, how sir? How can we not? I'm wondering if we're going to share our number one. I'm wondering how can you not? Ira, inc- this is my number one. Boom. How this could it is not my be? One. Well, maybe we should first say the name of the movie. All Fast, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, High, 1982. You know, I forgot Amy Heckerling directed that film. Yeah. Amy Heckerling did that. And, uh, you know, Cameron Crowe 
wrote the screenplay. Back and you then. know, he actually went back to school, right? I know he, that. Yeah. If this was a book, he went back to school, posed a student, and wrote the novel, the book. Right. And then they turned it into a film. Ah, oh, one word for you, actress. Her first name's Phoebe. Mm-mm, Phoebe Cates. Mm-mm, Phoebe. What was it? The boys were in like a dressing area. It, it, was, it was. They were, Judge it, Reinhold. Yeah. Yeah. And he was. He, he was in the cabana changing room, watching Phoebe changing. Cates, and imagining her getting out of the pool. Yeah, I'm gonna maintain. I think that's the best sex scene. It's in just cinema. so erotic seeing her, and then she's on the diving. Everything about it, and she doesn't know. She doesn't know she's being watched. Does she? No, 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 because it's all fantasy. She gets out. It is a fa- It's a fantasy. It is a fantasy sequence. Yeah. You're right. And she gets yeah. out. And he's watching her. He's masturbating, and she gets out of the pool. And he's like, "It's all fantasy." She pulls her top off. Got to tell you, let me just share this with you. I saw that in the theater when it first came out with a um a, a woman who I. A, a, one of my high school students fixing me up with a friend, an older friend, and this was my date. We went to see Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and then we went back to her place, and then we went in the jacuzzi, and I found myself saying, well, how you're, you're older than my student, um, just good friends? And then she said, I'm her mother. And that was so erotic for me, hearing this woman in the jacuzzi saying, it's my daughter who's in your class. We didn't want to tell you. We didn't know if you'd be cool or not with being fixed up with me. That aside, and seeing that particular movie <laughs> with her, with Phoebe Cates, when you think about the voyeuristic movies, man, that's the first one that pops to mind. That's both of our wow. number one. That's Boom. weird that we both we didn't we skipped right past the Hitchcock and yeah, went we straight did. into Fast Times yeah, original. Yeah, high. Absolutely, absolutely. Wow. Boom. I got a few others for you. Share. Did you ever see Sliver? It's my nope. Did Robert, you really? You even know that film? Yeah. Robert. I, why am I surprised that you know that film? Yeah. All those TV monitors. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, that's but Sharon that's a, Stone. Yeah, and that's kind of, the problem is that's all I remember about it. I remember it was like the the security building wasn't it Billy Baldwin or William Baldwin? It was, it was one of them. Baldwin. It was one of the Baldwins. Mm-hmm. And they they were monitoring like a crime, but they were also like peeping in on yep. everybody or yep. something Including like that. Sharon Stone. It was I don't know if it was a great movie, but it was it was definitely voyeuristic. There's yep, a movie from 2005 called Cachet. It's a French film. Uh, it means hidden and. This that film is really cool. It's a, a family. That, it's like, I think it's mainly the man and wife, but they start getting videotapes uh, sent to them in the mail, and it's of them in their house, like walking around, and someone has been videotaping them, and then starts mailing it to them. Could you imagine how fucking wow. creepy that would be if somebody started mailing you video of of yourself, of you, like just. It, like walking out of your house and stuff like that, and like I've been watching you basically. That's terrifying, uh, but it's it's a really good movie, and there's uh, it's got a lot of tension in it. That's that's a good one. Hey, what about one hour photo? I thought for sure that was going to be on. Your oh list. my god! You missed your opportunity. Bud. I did, I did, and of course it's voyeuristic. Yeah, not in real time because he's working at the photo lab. It's right. not in real time, yeah. and I like that. Yeah, he's looking at photos. He worked in what used to be. They don't even have those anymore, do they? Mm, Photomat. Uh, yeah, Photomat, and these um, in in drugstores they'd have the area to get your film developed, and he would live vicariously through this family right. and look at photos. So it is voyeuristic. I love that. Not in real time, mm-hmm. but there are the there's the photos, and he's just obsessed with it. Uh, ah, eyes, that's good, Robert. Eyes that's wide real- shut. That's another one. Yeah, a lot of voyeurism yeah. going on there. Yeah. With the, the and now you be upset because he never fucked. He just yeah. watched. It was but just passive. Need to be more active. Animal House, where he's peeping through the window, that's watching really the good. girl taking her top off and everything, yeah. and then he yeah. falls back on the ladder. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. That's good. 
I think you could also say uh, Back to the Future, where he gets caught as the peeping Tom, although I don't know if that's really voyeuristic. But I got one that we've never talked about before. I wonder if it's the same one. Um, Yeah, go ahead. Uh, 1968. 1968, here's a movie we've never talked about before, and I wonder if you've seen it, but I, I'm going to bet you have. Targets. I know of that film. Have you seen it? I've never... It was directed by... What's his name? Is it was like it? Badham or something like that? Somebody was that was John really Badham? good. Um, I've never seen Targets. You know what it's about? Sort of. Talk us through it. And Targets is... It's kind of... Uh, what's the guy who uh, went up to the clock tower in University of Texas? Right. What's his name? I don't Ch- know. Uh, and, Charles... And he shot eleven student nurses. Yeah, he shot all the, uh, shot all the, the right. No, not nurses. No, oh, that, oh, that was another Speck. one. That You're was right. the guy who broke in. You're right. I was thinking about Speck. Nurses. Yeah, uh, Charles something something. I can't think of his name. But he went up to the tower and started shooting students, uh, just walking to classes and stuff. And this is kind of reminiscent of that. It's about a guy who takes a sniper rifle and he just starts. He gets up in. Areas like near freeways and stuff, and he just starts watching people and just starts sniping them and shooting them, and it's crazy. I got it. when that came out in '68. I remember it was like an important film. It was almost like a phenomenon. I never saw it. Targets. It's really good. I, it holds up well. It's Peter Bogdanovich. That's, I didn't realize it was when Bogdanovich. I said the directed by. Yes. Yep. How about that? That was when Peter Bogdanovich was brilliant. Yeah, he was brilliant at one time. Yeah, it was short lived, but he was brilliant. Man, I forgot that was Bogdanovich. Yeah, how about that? Mm-hmm. I knew he was a prominent director. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised neither of us mentioned uh, uh, Porky's. Porky's, that's a good one. And it, it broke my heart one. to not include that. The famous, they're in the shower. Aren't the girls in the shower? And the boys are looking through a hole in the yeah. wall. I think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, let's put uh, targets on our list for like I a, would love a, for a, a classic. A flashback wave. So a flash wave, yeah. In six weeks, we'll do it. Yeah. We want to do it every couple months, do a classic yeah. one. I'd love that. Yeah, Target's Let's make a good target. One. Absolutely. I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I haven't seen it in a long time. You've never seen it, right? I know. I need to see it. Yeah, I'd I think want it'd be to a good one. Good. These were good. Uh, any any other? others for you? No. Let's see. We already mentioned Fast Talk. We got that down. I, I just wanted to include Bound, even though there's absolutely nothing voyeuristic about it. Sexual, I, I just wanted it. to include it. And I think I came to the conclusion that, you know, You're I'm voyeuristic. the one yeah, there we I, go. to there drill we go. a hole in the, so I can watch <laughs> these two lesbians go at a very hot scene. It's you know what? what? In a weird sort of way, I know what you, you mean. It's indirectly. It, it, it You get me, don't you? Because you're it watching. It feels like. Something so sexual. Yes. Yeah. I get what you're saying. I, I, it, it feels like a voyeuristic I, I want the, the drywall separating mm-hmm. the departments. Remember mm-hmm. the two units? Yeah. And I want my eye to peer through a hole in the drywall so I can watch them go at it. I am. I am. This is fun. We did it. Amen. We did it. We did it. Hey, I don't know if you feel like mentioning one more thing. Yeah. And uh, we'll see if you're in the mood for this. But there was that interesting article you sent me a few days ago about this phenomenon of two films coming out with very, very similar plots. Yes. And I've always been fascinated and curious about why that happens. So, for example, uh, Dante's Peak and Volcano came out at the same time. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's... uh, Ants and Bugs. Right. Bugs Life. Bugs Life. That's it. In the movie Ants. Yeah. They're so similar... And I've often wondered if, is it, sometimes I think, well, okay, I'm going to get a little metaphysical on little you. Little Man Tate searching for Bobby Fischer. Yes. At the same yeah. time. Listen, like, I remember it goes back to TV shows in the 60s when the Adams Family and the Munsters came out the same season. Yeah. With set, they were so similar. Yeah. And I wondered if 
this is going to sound metaphysical and a little bit trippy, but do ideas have wings and maybe there's a cosmic connection here? Or is it the political climate, what's going on out there that motivates writers to think a certain way? I did not read that article. So I'm at a disadvantage. I did not. Can you shed some light on this phenomena? I think, first of all, one thing to consider is that, okay, when this happens we take note of it when it happens. But of course, if it's just a single movie, then you wouldn't notice That's it. That's fascinating. If it's a so, coincidence, we only know it when it happens. If right. not, so you're saying all the countless, countless times it doesn't happen. So that You don't consider so that. So therefore, the law of averages, it will happen every now and then. Right. Right, right. So first of all, we're thinking it's a, a thing when it's only a thing when you notice it. Yes, yes. So first of all, we got to take that into consideration. Absolutely. Second, it could just be coincidence, right? I mean, at some point somebody's going to say, "Hey, let's make a, you know, earthquake. Uh it was was big and popular. What if we did a modern update of earthquake, but what if we did a volcano? Oh, hey, you know, what if we did like a new volcano movie and then they both come out at the same time?" Um and wasn't there two Twister movies that came out at the same yes. time too? Yes. There was like a tornado or something. But the interesting thing about the article was that it was saying that uh, one movie almost always does really well at the box office and the other movie does really poorly at the box office. And uh, and it it really traced the origins all the way back to like early cinema. And it, it gave examples of early, early cinema. And they said sometimes there's even filmmakers who will uh, do this on purpose. Like they hear about a project at another studio and they go, let's beat them to the punch. Let's try to do the same movie, but get it out first. And that way they look like they're copying us. Um, and in the case of Ants, what had happened is that, uh, was it Katzenberg left mm-hmm. and started DreamWorks and he was pissed off and he was like, you know, fuck you guys. I, I'm going to take this idea. They had actually been dabbling with this idea for a while, A Bug's Life. And he was like, I'm going to take it. I'm going to do it anyway. And so that's why that movie came out as he was pissed off at them and created Ants uh, kind of dis- to spite the people right, who are doing right, Life. Right, right, right. I'm looking at this article that you sent me right now and it's got scores of examples. Mm-hmm. I mean, scores of examples of these parallel stories that come out within a few months of each other. Right. So it is a fascinating phenomena. Um, you don't buy the argument that thoughts have wings, do you? No. Here I mean, I, life, there ants. are some things that happen and then it will... Armageddon, Deep Impact. Right. I don't mean to interrupt you, right. but it's just flooding these movies. Uh, uh, Olympus Has Fallen, White House Down. Right, right. Uh, and on and on, The Prestige, blah, blah, blah. Churchill, The Darkest Hour. The Prestige Hour. and The Illusionist. Yes, hey, buddy. Yeah, Infamous, Mission of Mars. It's all Volcano, Dante's Big. Yeah, it's just so many of them. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think ideas have wings in the, in the sense that... You don't, I, I, you I think don't think we people, change the molecules in the room? No, no. Oh, well, I mean, I think we do in terms of our heat structure or like a heat That's signature. That's not what I meant. Yeah, you but know. That, no, yeah, I don't think yeah, so. I yeah. think what could happen is that something, uh, something could enter the the pop culture. Like I, I was about to say hemisphere, but like, yeah. but the, what's the, the word zeitgeist? What's uh, that zeitgeist? word? Yeah, and then that could trigger multiple ideas for other people technology can change so that people yes. who are who are on the edge of of invention with something could then now make that they could manifest that and make it come to life yeah so there are things that that ha- happen that wind up causing effects in other people you know like maybe i don't know because trump says something and or sends out a tweet it creates the same idea for two different writers yes, and yeah. they both create a reaction, something. Yeah. A reaction to the tweet. So right. I think 
I think right. that's possible. Right. You know, maybe that's what I meant by political climate can yes. trigger things like that. But yes. I don't think that uh, that's the same as ideas have wings. Right. Necessarily. right. So right. no, I don't believe right. in that. And it was an interesting article, even though I didn't read it. And there's a video that goes with it. Too, yes. So check the video out. Yeah. <laughs> was she laughing? Is that producer Joey? No, that was our baby. Oh, Nah, I don't know. They're, they're in the next Okay. Um, cool. Very interesting. She's filling out the divorce papers right now. Yeah. Can't blame her. This means we can spend more time. We can cuddle. Oh, great. You belong with me, Robert. I'll beg her to take you me back tonight. You belong with me. Don't you get it? Come home with me tonight. <laughs> we both have our number one favorite, our top five. We'll look, just, look we'll just our, watch, we'll, watch Fast Times at Ridgemont High and nonstop loop. <laughs> just that Judge Reinhold scene over and over and over again. Works for me. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Hey, we what movie it. are we going to watch next Yeah, week? what are... Oh, I, you're, I love how you test me. I'm going to tell you that it's about the DeLorean. Oh, yeah. And it's going to... What's the two words in front of the, his name, DeLorean? One word. One. It's one word. And it's yeah. like un, framed. Framing. See, framing. See, I still got it. Framing John De, John DeLorean. DeLorean. So was he framed or is it framing? Mm-hmm. I, I, want, I bet Putting him both, in the frame. Probably both. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. This should be fascinating. Yeah. And it, it's uh, playing and we're going to watch that movie. We urge our viewers to watch it if possible. Before next week, an Alec test. Baldwin movie. Yes, apparently it's yeah. a it's a documentary that's also got some narrative stuff going on. Yeah, so it does. We'll take a look at yeah, framing some John recreated, DeLorean. Recreated scenes. Yeah, I wonder if they'll have it go eighty eight miles an hour. Da, da, da. Mm. Okay, sorry. Okay. Do you think there'll be no mention of Back to the yeah, Future or yeah. a lot of mention of Back to the Future? Unfortunately, it'll be it will definitely be mentioned. Yeah, yeah. How I could know. you not? How could it not? Uh, all right. Hey, man. Let's give producer Joey a round of applause. Yeah. For a great job. Yeah. And Madeline. Yeah, Matt, thanks, Madeline. Yeah, thanks, Madeline, for and, crying. And, yeah. And uh, if people have any, uh, um, uh, what am I trying to say, voyeuristic movies that we've forgotten, they can send us an email to robert at antiwaypodcast.com or... And slash or ira at antiwaypodcast.com. Or you can reach out to us through Twitter. Our handle there is at antiwavepod. That's also That's our right. handle for Instagram. Right. That's right. We're all over the place, aren't we, Robert? Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Stitcher. We're on Podbean. Just go to our website. Or you can throw us a few bucks over at Patreon. Help keep the uh, sprocket, sprocket holes, holes moving. moving. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. You like that, don't you? I like you? that. I really like that, that yeah. reference, sprocket holes. They don't use them anymore. It's not shot on yeah. film. We're not going to use you a, anymore. We're using an outdated term. <laughs> Just like outdated that. Juice. I'm an outdated. <laughs> All right. So until next week, keep watching movies. And we'll help you sort them out. Cardi B? No, will you stop saying that? <laughs> <laughs>